Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Hey, Iron Radio listeners. This is John Mike here. I'm finishing up my PhD in exercise phys. I'm a team member and columnist for EliteFTS.com, and I've written for major fitness and bodybuilding magazines. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a strength coach. I powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, I run Lift for Hope, and USSF, and a bunch of other stuff. Dr. Mike T. Nelson, I'm an exercise physiologist, teach for Globe University, enjoy lifting heavy stuff, and kiteboarding. I'm still not used to you calling yourself doctor, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only took like how many years? 27 years. <laughs> Today is uh, Nick Tamanillo, and uh, Nick and I uh, met last year at uh, NSA National Conference, and just really hit it off and uh, stayed in touch. And um, so, Nick, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. Oh, well, I really appreciate you uh, you guys having me, and uh, I really appreciate you know the contributions that you guys are trying to make to add your voice to the field and uh, and actually add to the field and provide free resources for other folks who are willing to listen. So I appreciate what you guys are trying to do. Yeah, thank you. Well. Thank you, sir. Um, so we have just a little bit of a listener mail. And um, then um, we're going to kind of talk about, you know, how uh, origins of, of your story, Nick, and then we'll kind of get into um, some of the things that you've done here recently with some of your articles. And so we have a couple, uh, a bit of listener mail, and um, Lonnie actually sent these over, and one of these is from uh, Mitch Lazorko. He's from Dallas, Texas, and he said, um, Lonnie, I just wanted to thank you for the continuing effort and um, the guys make it toward doing the Iron Radio podcast. You, Rob, and Phil have been an inspiration to me as a 5'8", 140-pound, 29-year-old guy. It has been lost on me my entire life why I have always been the small guy in the room. With all your education and encouragement, I am currently five weeks into strong lifts routine, performing compound lifts, eating big, and making significant gains. I suffer from not having anyone in my life system, family or friends, that train seriously. And by listening to your podcast, I am motivated to being a stronger, healthier person. Thank you for all you do. Please let me know. Um, please know that you are appreciated. So thank you, Mitch. That's uh, that's really nice. Yeah, thank you, bud. Keep eating, keep lifting. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk about this stuff all the time before uh, on the show. And um, we actually have a- another one. Um, this is from uh, Chris, and he says, hey, guys, um, first time, long time, been lifting seriously for about two years, and I've put on 20 pounds over that time, and I've greatly increased my three big lifts. Using the advice you guys preach about uh, on a weekly basis, thank you. Thank to you. Thanks to you, I have gone from a recreational beach season gym goer <laughs> to being bitten by the bug and becoming a brother in iron for years to come. My question is, what do you guys think about the recent development in liquid enhancers, such as Mayo or Crystal Light, et cetera, as far as body composition? Is it a good way to add flavor to water, or is it ultimately hurting my quest to drop some pounds before summer? Respectfully yours. You know, I don't 
I've never really seen, you know, Mike, he can just jump in any time. I've never really seen any type of science about, like, liquid enhancers and crystallite. I mean, I know there's liquid creatine out there, and, you know, there's been a few studies done on, on that. Um, but I, I've never really seen about how liquid enhancers or, like, crystallite and things can really change body composition. Have you guys seen anything different? Well, I was just going to say, I'm I'm the big dumb gorilla of the group, so, I mean... <laughs> I haven't, I mean, I've heard all the stuff about how, like, sweeteners and things will will affect your insulin levels and this and that. But, I mean, just speaking from personal, like, practical use, when I lost, like, 100 pounds in three months, I drank the shit out of the stuff. Right. So, <laughs> and and it didn't stop me. So, um, you know, man, I'll do it. I mean, if I'm tired of freaking water, I'll throw one of those little packets into, into my water, and I just don't sweat it. But, I mean, I wouldn't live on the stuff. Yeah, so. I, I've had it a few times before. I mean, it's not bad, but I, I don't, I don't really see it really doing, I mean, a, a whole lot in and of itself by itself, right? For body composition. I mean, if you're cutting calories and you're doing, you know, total body workouts and things like that, I mean, I, I could see it kind of contributing, you know, to your, your weight loss and things like that. But I mean, to, to, you know, Phil and, and Mike, I mean, just to say that, you know, just drink a bunch of uh, crystal light and you know, you'll, you'll drop ten. 20 pounds. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure on that, but uh, I mean, I could be wrong. Hey. Yeah. From what I've seen, I don't think it's going to be detrimental. I mean, most of those don't have any calories in them, which is obviously going to be the biggest deterrent. Um, I know when Lonnie and I were in Spain a couple of years ago at a conference, um, he went to a session that's talked about that sometimes uh, artificial sweeteners, like Phil was saying, may temporarily increase insulin and may have a few other effects. Yeah, that's still highly debatable, and there's a one study looking at and gut bacteria and that type of thing, but that's the wild, wild west of who knows what's going on. Um, he just talked about the mouth rinse studies. There are some interesting studies looking at performance. So if you give someone either a sugar-free or a sugar-containing uh, liquid, and they only rinse it in their mouth and then spit it out, some of those studies showed that performance actually did go up a little bit, um, other studies didn't show any change. So the, the theory there was that there may be some feed-forward mechanism in the brain that says, hey, look, taste buds, oh, ooh, calories are coming in. So right. we can increase performance um, a little bit. So if anything, there may be a slight uh, performance enhancement effect possibly during exercise. Eh, it's still trying to be debated and sorted out and that type of thing. But I'd say the short version is it's unlikely to to be any issue and that type of thing so not to worry yeah yeah for sure um and uh that that's from the listener mail uh phil do you have any news oh man not really i mean there's since the arnold was over it's been kind of quiet right um and, and we talked about that last week but i guess we didn't talk about the winners and stuff because that hadn't been announced yet but who were the winners i've been living in a hole strength and muscle sport news well, I know what uh, with the women, everybody was pissed off because Dana Lynn Bailey got beat. Oh, um, and and then Arnold. I guess that's news. Arnold's been coming out and talking all kinds of trash this week. Really? Um, yeah, just how bodybuilding's gone to crap, and everybody looks like a bottle <laughs> and, <laughs> instead of a bodybuilder, right. and that they need to you know get back to the roots where he's like, it's it's sad if you can't if you're a bodybuilder and can't do a stomach vacuum yeah. and things like that. Yeah, so he's he's. 
Classic. And he like, basically he's not blaming it on the athletes either. He's blaming it on the judges. Sure. And he said, you know, the fans have a lot to say in this. If if you guys just stand up and say you're not going to accept it anymore, they're going to have to change their ways. So yeah, it's kind of neat to hear that. Um, you know, basically he wants somebody that looks more athletic, and he he brought up Steve Reeves and things like that. Yeah. Wow, nice. So um, it, it was neat to hear that. And then there was the big to do in the all the Olympic weightlifters are pissed off because. Uh, Again, they flew over international lifters. Uh, there was $10,000 on the line for whoever won it, and they flew Tatiana over from Russia and this and that. <laughs> and, of course, you know, she beats, she beats most of our dudes. Yeah. So, um, and then some, the guy, the guy who won, they flew up from Puerto Rico, and supposedly he's supposed to, he's working for his citizenship and all this stuff. And I don't know, there was rumbles of drug use and this and that, and. They're like, it should go to America, and why you could keep flying people into a, a big American contest. And But, I mean, you can't blame the promoters. They want people to show up. Oh, and yeah. what's going to get what's people to show up? They're going to come watch Tatiana lift yeah. and throw 400-plus pounds over here. Yeah, and uh, yeah. there's a video. Uh, several people posted it from the uh, Australian um, you know, strength show. I guess it was kind of uh, affiliated with, with the Arnold and uh, Eddie Hall deadlifted like a thousand eighteen. I saw that. Like it was just like, like it was two, it was like it was two twenty five. Yeah, it was super easy. And um, you know, Arnold was there, and um, so that, that was that was a really big hit. I mean, that's just a. I think he 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 surpassed Benny Magnuson's obviously a thousand three thousand thirteen. But mm-hmm. and Eddie Hall does it like just like in a pair of shorts and uh, yeah. like no no belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the guy's massive. Oh. Yeah. Shaw came back and won the uh, yep the strongman, so which I was amazed. I figured Zavikas was going to run away with yeah. it after watching day one, but that's about all I got in news. I mean, there's not a lot going on after that. It kind of gets quiet for a little bit after the Arnold. So, well, um, so our guest today is Nick Tamanello, and um, you know we always, like I said, we always start out with you know we're having guests talk about their origin stories. So. You know, Nick. Um, let me ask you, what what is your origin story? I mean, how did you get started in this field? Um, because typically, uh, most uh, previous guests, you know, most people's origin stories are fairly similar. You know, started out working out and they really got into bodybuilding, and then um, their you know the career kind of took off. I mean, how what is your origin story, and how did you get to where you know you you, you are today? Well, I, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. And, I'll, you know, people are really here to listen and obviously to get some information. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about myself as much as I love hearing myself talk. Um, you know, I, I basically, I'm a fitness trainer um, who used to own a private studio, uh, co-own a private studio in Baltimore, Maryland, which is where I'm from, if you can detect any sort of accent I have. I currently live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um Personal training is really the only job I've ever known. I started at uh, 17. Before then, I started going to fitness conferences with my mother, who is uh, currently a physician's assistant. But she was a bodybuilder in the 80s back in the – and she also did the, the aerobics, um, taught a lot, of, a lot of aerobics. So, I mean, I grew up with that. Um, and I, I literally – my mother jokes this as I grew up on the smell of iron and sweat. You know, when she would when she was training for her competitions as a kid, I, I – didn't want to, you know, have her get me a babysitter. I went to the gym with her. So I basically was, you know, I would put all the weight on the lat pull-down machine, stand on the seat and do chin-ups because I couldn't reach the chin-up bar uh, when I was a little kid running around this basement, sweaty, steroid-infested bodybuilder gym that was all Washington Redskins and WWF wrestlers when they were in town and, and bodybuilders. So that's that's what I grew up in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so... 
you know, fast forward to in my career, I um, started getting into educating other trainers around the mid 2000s. You know, we started doing internships and um, just local kids and things like that. And then, um, you know, you talk to other trainers, you attend. A, I attended tons of conferences. I was a conference junkie. Um, this is also my hobby, you know, to learn as much as, as possible. And, um, and I also am somewhat of a competitive person, and I, I want to be better than other people at what I do. Um, and I've always had that kind of nature in this. So I've, I've spent, you know, a lot of my money and a lot of my time, um, especially early on in my training career, learning as much as I could at as every opportunity I could, traveling the country, traveling the world, doing that. And um, mid-2000s, I started, sh you know, sharing that knowledge with other trainers, and that took me into more of an educational role. So where I, what I tell people now is I was a full-time trainer who trained trainers part-time. Now I'm more of a trainer of trainers who still trains clients part-time. And in doing so, um, you know, training trainers, I write for lots of um, resources from Testosterone Nation, T Nation, to Bodybuilding.com, to magazines like Fitness RX and Muscle Mag, to I've uh, got about 15 DVDs. We just launched one. One's currently on sale. The new one was on sale this week, actually. Um, speaking of tons of conferences um, internationally and throughout the, the country, um, do some sponsorship stuff with uh, Sorenex Exercise Equipment. They're great friends of mine, and um, I'm a fitness expert for Reebok, Reebok One. Um, so that's that's the, the the Reader's Digest version. Yeah, you know those listeners, uh, people that are listening. If you've never heard of Nick uh, Tominello, um, I, I encourage you to check out his stuff. I mean, you know, you know, you've been around for a long time, and, and kind of like us, you've seen the evolution of this field, kind of you know, go up and down like in waves and, you know, old things kind of become new again and, and they get, you know, marketed in different ways. And, you know, and uh, um, one thing about you that that, that, that I like is, and similar to what our other guests and, and people out in the field, you always have really good content. And even though it's laid back, but you always have really good content. And that's something that I've um, come to frustration with, with other people in the field or just these, you know, gurus, if you will, that just write things just to write things with not a lot of substance to it, um, just for either site traffic or whatever. But one of the big things, at least for me, and I, and I know guys like Phil and Mike will agree, it's all about educating the lifter, right, or educating the trainer. There's so much BS out there that it gets harder and harder for people to filter out all the BS. You know, so you have guys like us that are really trying to, you know, be on the edge and be on the forefront to just really educate people. And, yes, people have different opinions, and, you know, you also need to look into the scientific evidence about things. But I think it's really important to, to have really good content and stick with it because over time – people will know that you have that good content, right? And if, and if it has sound scientific principles to it, then it's going to make some sense. And um, coupled with your own training experience and your own lifting experience or, or previous competition experience, you know, th then you're in a much better position to be more of an authoritative type of figure uh, and not someone who just, you know, gets, gets up there and, and, and talks uh, without any type of, you know, substance. So, well, I, I appreciate that, and I'm going to make a couple points kind of piggybacking off of what you just said. And, you know, I, I, I do a lot of interviews like this, and I want to try to make these unique as well. So I try not to repeat the same things I said in the two other interviews I did this past week and the, the ones I did before that, so I want to make it a unique experience. But So something I haven't really brought up um, in, in, in any forum, uh, so this is a great 
place to do it from what you said is I, I feel like when it comes to content, and when I say content um, creation, I don't just mean articles. I mean DVDs. I mean blogs. I mean YouTube videos um, and, and conference content and especially workshop content, things that people are paying for, not just free resources, things that they have a, a greater investment in. Um, I feel like I go, I live by or a, a different set of rules than I see a lot of people in the field. And I would say that that, does, that goes beyond content. But um, And here's what I mean. One of the things that used to drive me bonkers, I said I spent a lot of my money, um, you know, on, on things. I mean, I, I had VHS tapes, you know, training VHS tapes. And I was in that bridge when VHS was kind of dying in DVDs. You, it, you weren't out of date if you, if you had a VHS tape. Remember that transition time? It was VHS yeah, yeah. and DVD. So um, just kind of dating things a little bit. And... So, for example, I would buy, you know, every, you know, uh, I, I would just buy as many resources I, as I could. And what I started to see, which drove me bonkers, especially as a young trainer who didn't have a lot of extra, you know, money to to spend, someone who had my own business and I was overwhelmed with bills and, and things, was um, I would see the same DVD made by five different trainers, mm-hmm. you know. And I would go, and I would go. This is the same DVD that this dude made, and the same DVD that this dude made. And I go, I understand that we're not reinventing the wheel here. All right. So there's, we we push things, we pull things, we throw things, we raise and lower our center of mass. You know, squat, deadlift, you know, lunge, that kind of stuff. I go, but but where is your? You're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but where is your brand of wheels? I'm I'm buying this for your brand of wheels. It's like I have my own brand of wheels. You, I bought this product from you, or I paid for this conference class or this workshop, or I, I could have been at five other classes at this conference that I'm at, but I'm at your class, and, and you've now wasted my time by giving me something that's basically a, an absolute repeat, rehash of what's already been done, and what's already been done better by someone because you're a carbon copy, and I'm going to go to the original. So when I write stuff, I don't bother writing it. Unless I can add my, it, it gives me something that I can add my own unique voice to it. Again, it's not reinventing the wheel. I'm not going to bother writing it if I have no unique brand of wheels to add to it. To me, I'm, I'm insulting the people who are giving me their time uh, and money, if that's the case. Um, and, I'm, and, I'm, and it's just an insult and, and, a, and a waste for them. So it drives me bonkers when I see the same, you know, Add, you know, get a monster deadlift article, and it's just sounds just like, man, stop writing that damn article. You know, there's so much other shit we can talk about that is important. You know? Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I know Mike and Phil will, will say the same thing. And it's just, you know, I, I posted a a Facebook post uh, like late last month, and you know, and I was basically, look, I mean, you know, who else is tired of seeing kind of the same things over and over again? You know, the, the twelve ways your squat sucks, and the seven point five ways to lose weight, and the the four most debilitating types of exercises, and all this clickbait types of articles. And, and I agree, I'm, I'm the same way. You know, writing articles, Nick, and, and I know uh, Phil and Mike are, are, are that way too. I mean, what's the point in, in doing? an article or having some type of content if you're not going to put your own unique way like into it. You know, it may be uh, a, a similar topic, right? But but your own unique spin separates you from everybody else and it makes it just better in, in a sense. And just because everyone's got like the same thing. It's like, I mean, God, I remember even, you know, three, four years ago, um, I mean, even when Iron Radio started se- several years ago, there really wasn't a lot of podcasts 
you know, at that time. And there were some bodybuilding, you know, types of podcasts, but it's like now everyone's got a podcast and everyone's creating their own podcast, you know, every other weekend and um, all the same types of articles coming out and, and, and they don't really add, you know, I was on a po- podcast, you know, last month with, with a good friend of mine and, and um, I basically said, look, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to people, for people to get into this field much anymore, um, but people just kind of they regurgitate the same things over and over again, and they're not really contributing to either the, the science or contributing differently than, than other people. They just want to do it just to kind of get on the stage, and then sooner or later they just kind of get lost you know, because everyone else is doing it and they don't really have it, their own unique way to kind of separate themselves. So, yeah, we, we totally agree and we know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, well, well, that's that's the thing. I mean, talking like like the way Nick came about it was the same way I did. And what I did was I, I, I read and I bought and I traveled anywhere I could to learn. And I mean, I really think before you can have your unique vocabulary, you have to devour a, a ton of vocabulary from others first. Yeah. And that's the problem. You're seeing a lot of carbon copies. You know, you see that dude that read, he bought Joe Schmo's book, and now all he is is that. <laughs> that's all he knows is that one thing. And he's regurgitating the same crap again and trying to market it as his own. And that's, I mean, like any field, you have to get a, a large base of knowledge before you can even get your own vocabulary. Yeah, and, and Phil, you know, I mean, and everybody knows that large base of knowledge doesn't take six weeks. Like, no, if, yeah. if you want to be good or and great, you're talking like at least ten years. I mean, yeah, I didn't write my first a... article until after about ten, eleven years of being mm-hmm. in the field and training people and learning, buying DVDs, reading every damn thing I could get my hands on, you know, and then you go from there. So, I mean, we all have kind of the same. And similar, you know, interest and in, in, uh, in origin stories. Um, so yeah, it's it's really great to hear that from 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 someone who's been around for a long time, such as yourself, Nick, and mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and presenting too. I mean, you just can't have a online presence. You got to be seen. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, let me just say this too, because I don't want to sound like we're discouraging people from writing or doing things. And I know that you guys aren't either. I'm not trying to speak for you, but I know that's not what you're doing. I know you guys are encouraging people to, to share their voice, and that's really what we're trying to do here. But I'll say this. It does take you some time to, once you've amassed all these thoughts and you, and you, and you know you have your own unique voice, it still takes you time to, to really find it um, in, in a, to basically work on your communication. What I found is that, Thought organization is is a major issue, and um, just like training takes a, a lot of practice and a base, and just being around it, um, communication is the same way. You know, especially if you can't interact with somebody one on one and kind of go back and forth, or you're just writing an article, static article, and putting it out there to, to a whole vast array of populations, right? Uh, who's gonna Who's gonna read it, right? It's beginners, advanced people, everybody in between. So, you know, it does take you some time, and in the beginning, we all are, you, you tend to see, I, I read a, a, I saw, excuse me, I saw a TED Talk of a guy, and he said something really cool. He said, um, you know, as a kid, we all grow up trying to mimic and, and, and emulate our heroes, and he said one of his heroes was Bruce Lee, and of course, like a lot of us guys, and, um, and basically, his, his, his final point to all that is he said, the he said, um, you know, the worst I, he said, I'm never going to be able to copy Bruce Lee, but each time I fail at copying Bruce Lee, I become more uniquely myself. Yeah, that's and I great. was like, I was like, man, that is really cool. So what happens is, 
is what I've seen, and I've seen this in my early writings, especially when I go back and look at it now, and I see more of an influence and more similarities. Similar is not the same. There was no copies. I didn't copy people. But more similarities um, to people who I, you know, who really had a heavy influence on me, who I resonated with. And as I got better at writing and, and talking to people and also going and doing these interviews and um, teaching and being around other people teaching, you start to realize where you stand and where what makes you unique and different. And, and, and until you've been exposed to a lot of that, you really don't know. And I have this saying, you got to kind of bump into the walls on each side before you figure out where the middle is, right? right. And before you figure out where your, where your playground is. So it took me, I, I actually, to be honest with you, I only think I've really found securely, you know, where I've looked and I go, it's just kind of like with programming. I tell people, I don't write anything unless I've hammered it out, unless I haven't changed it in a, in a while. That's when I start writing it. Because it's a new article to people who are reading it doesn't mean it's new to me. It's old shit to me. I've been thinking about it for a long time. I just finally got the opportunity or time to, 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 to share it. So um, that's what I love when people say, you guys probably hear this too. Oh, are you constantly coming up with new stuff just to do new stuff? I go, dude, I've been thinking about this shit, you know what I mean, for 10 years. You just didn't know me at that point. <laughs> exactly. You yeah, that I mean? article that you came out with, you know, uh, last week, it took you six months to kind of talk about it and think about it and, and get it down on paper or whatever it may be. And same thing for your presentation. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to come out with DVDs? You know, great. If they come out next week, well, that took a year, you know. <laughs> It just, uh -huh. just to make it, much less all the thought organization and trial and error and things that it did to develop it all. It's just, well, it's no different than same thing with training. I mean, when you see an NFL draft, we all look, oh, that guy's going to be an overnight millionaire. Yeah, but the guy's been playing football since middle school. You know, and we're not looking at all the practices and all the blood, sweat, and tears sacrifices that dude has put into to doing that, not to mention, obviously, the, the clear talent that's there. So anyway, that's, you know, that's that. It's... It does take you some time, and you will find you become uniquely your own. And I've really only in the last, I would say, three years have gotten to a point where I think where I'm at right now is, is I go, this is, this is my spot. This is what I can do better than everybody else. This is what makes me, me, and this is going to be my clear direction. And really that is personal trainer education. Yeah, I think that's something that people – really get frustrated with and it, the underlying theme and premise of what we're talking about right now and what you just said is just it's the process right people don't want to go through the process and it's just like going through a master's degree somewhere or going through a phd or you know whatever it may be it, it's the process of it and that process just takes time and years and ups and downs and whether it's guys like us or whether it's you know celebrities or movie stars or whatever everybody sees the successes but those successes are just the tip of the iceberg right everything underneath is just you know dedication and patience and frustration and you know going through adversity a lot of people just don't see that they always see the successes and i, I really try and, and educate people just like mike and, and, and phil do about you know, there are ups and downs. It's a process. And people, you know, the overnight successes, and I've been saying this the last probably few months more than I have, all these overnight successes that people exhibit take 10 years, you know, 12 years or whatever it may be. But, you know, because the nature of, of, of our culture, it's just not, you know, perceived that way and it doesn't come out that way. But, yeah, yeah, it's just great points. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a break. 
And when we come back, we're going to talk about um, some of the topics of the day. And Nick has had a few recent articles come out. And um, so we're going to talk about those. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, if you simply Google CRC Press in protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for $69. US So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So – uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. <laughs> Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, we are back from break. John Mike here with Phil Stevens, uh, Mike Nelson, and our guest is Nick Tamanello. And, uh, you know, we've been talking the last 30 minutes about some really good stuff and origin stories and, you know, what the field has been like and, and, and what the process is and to kind of be where people want to be in life. And, you know, Nick, one of the things that, you know, you wrote an article recently for T-Nation and it was on core confusion. And, you know, I, I, I've read it a few times. I thought it was great. And we, we always hear, um, you know, even from the, like the early 2000s, mid 2000s, and even up until, you know, today, how people just don't really need to train their core, you know, separately. I think one of the biggest claims is that, you know, heavy squats and deadlifts and overhead presses and benches is, is all you really need to train your core. And I, and I can tell you this from, um, you know, 15, 16 years of, of, of training and competing that that is a, a huge mistake and, and i think um one of the mistakes other people that, that people make is it's like they don't want to take the time to really learn 
either one, what, what core really is and what it really means because people use the word core like it's one damn thing, right? It's like people talk about their CNS, like it's one thing, and, right. and it, it's just not. So to kind of preface you know, what we're talking about, um, if, if you know the word core, and like I said, people think it's just one thing, and, and it's really not. It's fundamentally you know, the 30 pairs uh, of muscles plus muscles that uh, incorporate the lumbopelvic hip complex, so lumbar spine, pelvis, hips, you know, deep stabilizers of the low back, um, and, and, and one of the sayings that I think we all know of is if, if we cut you off, you know, from, you know, the chest up and, and cut off your arms and your head, everything below you really truly represents your, your core musculature. Um, and, and it does everything but to, you know, um, you know, get you up out of bed in the morning, transfers power and strength to other lifts. Um, so um really a good article um i suggest everybody read it but i think that's one of the bigger controversies out there is you know people just think core is just one thing and they think it's just your abs and it's not really anything else yeah well well let me you know i'll i'll, I'll say a couple things here all great points i would say one thing i would kind of fine tune a little bit with with the with the core i mean if we go back to the original the people who coined the term which was um, bob gaja and robert dominguez in their book total body training which was written in 1982 I invite everybody to go read that book. You can find a used copy on Amazon. It might cost you 20 or 30 bucks if, if there's not a lot available, but it's highly um, valuable resource. And um, me, I'm lucky. I found that book when I was like 14 years old at a flea market because I liked exercise and I bought it. And I re- look now, I'm back and I look and I, I read that book now with the knowledge I have now. And I go, man, this book seems like it was written, you know, a week ago, number one. Number two, I didn't realize how much it had influenced me, you know. So it's really it's really cool. But they first coined the term, the term, and I have the definition in the article you can find on T Nation. But basically, long and short of it is, we go by their definition, and I agree. If we just took off your arms and legs, what would be left is your is your your torso. That would be your core. So I even include the neck because it's around. You know, you have muscles that surround your spine. So if we're going to include the thoracic and lumbar muscles because they surround your spine, to me, I think we need to include the neck muscles as well. And also because the pecs, um, fascially, I'm not getting into all these fascial things or whatever, but but just anatomy, fascially are connected to your serratus, to your obliques, so they work together. So I don't think you can separate them as well. So, but but you are right. The bit, the major point is is that when somebody says, and as these a couple research studies that most of this myth has come from, that people say, oh, you know, you don't need to do ab specific exercises. All you need to do is train your do you know squats and deadlifts, and it gives you all the you know abdominal activation you need or core activation you need. The first thing that you need to ask is what part of the core are you talking about? And there's really, you know, if you want to divide it up in simple terms, you could just say anterior and posterior. And when you look at the musculature that those research studies looked at and compared to other exercises, it was posterior musculature. You know, it was the lumbar extensors and things like that. So, you know, so if you just hear core and you don't ask, well, what part, it's easily to be mistaken. Oh, well, they're talking about the entire core. No, they're not. Um, but th- so the reason why I think that so many people just hear that term or hear that slogan right now, you know, oh, just squat and deadlift, you know, heavy normally is added to that, um, you know, and don't do ab- those ab-specific exercises is, be- is for two reasons. Number one, people are very frustrated with how a lot of people in the- since the 90s have been misrepresenting 
things like functional training. It's all functional training is all about specificity. All right, it's it's not circus acts. It's not standing on balls and you know doing all kinds of wacky things, dancing around with cables in your hands and you know different things. So they so that so that number one is associated. You know, functional training and, and fancy core exercises are normally associated together. So people don't are frustrated with what people have, other people have made them to represent. I say that because people like to say, I hear it in training, oh, well, we just need to get rid of the word functional. It's a bullshit. It can mean anything you want. Well, here's a newsflash. The dictionary provides common usages. You can make any word make anything you want. The problem is not the word. It's the way it's communicated. Right. It's people need to say, this is what I mean when I, mean, when I say this word. Okay? So, so that's an, another topic. The other reason um, is that powerlifting, barbell training, is is trendier than ever. I'm not saying it's faddish; it's, um, it's it's great stuff. But right now, it's it's a hot thing. Look at Facebook. Five years ago, everybody and their brother had a picture of them holding their kettlebell like it was their firstborn child, because that was the hot thing. Now, deadlifts are the hot thing. All right, great, but. When you fanaticize about something and somebody tells you that one more good thing about whatever it is that you're fanaticizing about, you have a very low level of skepticism. You're just going to take it in because it's one more thing for you to cheer yourself on and go, fuck yeah, I'm right. You know, so as soon as somebody tells you that all you need to do is deadlifts for one more thing, you just go, absolutely, share on Facebook and you never actually do any investigation because it's all confirmation bias. Yeah. So yeah. those are my reasons why I think so, that that gets circulated so much when all you got to go look at is the damn abstract and you can see that it doesn't say what you know what you're claiming it to say the the evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, that's, a, that's just excellent points and, and a lot of people just don't want to go to the science just to you know either one be educated and and two you're right I mean they already have their confirmation bias and they don't want to go read science because. They just want to believe what they want to believe, and either they they just they take things way out of context. I mean, if you just want a, a a really good, solid, you know, fundamental exercise for for core work, you know, and I know a lot of people do it, and we've all done them. I mean, just just look at the push up for Christ's sake. Um, I mean, if you can't do a push up, um, and you know, have you know, neutral spine, and, and I know that's kind of somewhat you know arbitrary, and I know. A lot of times, we're everyone is not always, you know, in neutral. But I mean, you, you get what I mean. But mm-hmm. you can't do a, a properly, you know, a push up. I mean, that that has tremendous, you know, core types of activation, or you know, bottom up kettlebells, or you know, chops and lifts and things like that. And I mean, when you're talking about things of yeah, when you're talking about you know, anterior core and, and internal external obliques, you know, those those are, are very very important for not only spinal stabilization but transfer of force, you know, power to your lifts. So you know, when you're incorporating those other aspects of core training, you will see your lifts go up. You'll just be more stable. You'll have more power and transfer. Um, uh-huh. You know, and, and I'm sure Phil and, and Mike will uh, will agree too. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll speak from the big dumb gorilla aspect again because that's my job. <laughs> I mean, that's there's a, I I can I'm 275 pounds and I can do like multiple reps of dragon flags and you know toes the bar and all kinds of weird crap and it's not just from deadlifting it's because every power lifter i know that is good 
and I'm not talking the, the average guy that walks in and just does one. I'm talking to somebody that's actually good. They do lots of heavy ab work, too. And there was years I did a ton. And now I don't do so much. Why? Because I can do those things. I don't have to do that much. I can hit a set of five or ten or, you know, a couple sets here and there at the end of training sessions. I don't need to do endless reps now. Because I, I did that for ten years. You know? Yeah. So, and now that's all built up. And, I'll, you know, I'll get out and throw hammers. I'll get out and throw, you know, Highland Games. And all that's involved. But I paid my penance, you know. And now I can maintain that with a few really heavy sets of stuff. But, I mean, all that aided, you know, I... I didn't pull 780 off the floor beltless because I didn't have a strong core. It's because I did that work, you know. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's underrated. I mean, the bad thing is his core got a bad name because it was spewed so much for so long, but it's still important. You know, you can't just throw it to the wayside now because now it's not popular. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't, the reason why people complain about words, you know, core, function, you know, functional, whatever, and they, they become buzzwords, as you said, you know, it's because they're used so so often. Mm-hmm. Um, is you know, is is we don't. It's not that we don't like the word. We don't like what people have made it to out to represent. You know, yeah. and but again, that's the blame needs to be solely placed on the 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 failed communication um, mm-hmm. of the people using the terms. You know, if, if you and I are having a conversation, and for instance, if even use the word strength. Well, we both could define the word strength differently. You may be looking at it in regards to. Powerless, right? Mm. Uh, let me actually yeah. let me give you an example of what I mean by communication and using the word strength. So um, one of the things I didn't mention in my little Reader's Digest bio is actually some of the clients that I've worked with. Well, one of the things that I uh, was lucky enough to do was be a strength conditioning coach for Team Ground Control Mixed Martial Arts in Baltimore, where it's on it's a Henzo Gracie school um, for about nine years. I was in the early days of MMA, trained a lot of Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu myself, was a wrestler in, in school. Um, and I've uh, got to work with several, you know, pro amateur fighters in boxing, MMA, jiu-jitsu, and in Muay Thai. Um, and actually, my former, I love telling people this now because I'm so proud of him, but my, the guy who got me into Muay Thai, my former training partner, um, Henry Smith, is now Don, Donald Cowboy Cerrone's striking coach. And he's one of the most, uh, one of the up-and-coming striking coaches for UFC fighters. So I couldn't be more proud of, you know, how he's grown in that game. So... When in working with those guys, we would get, of course, you know, some kind of powerlifter type guys coming in the gym and they want to start training MMA and whatnot. We actually had some high level powerlifters coming in and brought some equipment in and training in the back. And um, I would ask them, I would say, uh, are you pretty strong? And they would go, well, yeah, the one guy was competitive and, you know, set some local Maryland records and whatnot. And um, and I said, OK, but notice I didn't ask him in what? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So right. I took him over, and he was a typical bot powerlifter build, you know, built like a tick, you know what I mean, almost as wide mm-hmm. as he was tall. Mm-hmm. And um, and I took him over to the climbing rope, and I said, okay, check this out. You know, now I've, I've been bouldering. I'm big into rock climbing, and bouldering is more power-oriented climbing. Um, you know, so I just sat on my butt, stuck my legs out in a V, and just zipped right up the rope and, you know, went right right down like like nothing. And I said, now go ahead and – you do that. And he just looked at me with a grin like, you, you know damn well I, ain't, I can't even do that. <laughs> and I said, well, you can try to use your legs. And he kind of gave me the other grin like, you know damn well I can't do that either. And I go, so are you pretty strong? And he kind of looked at me. And I said, see, we didn't decide on in, in what context, right? Mm-hmm. So you're stronger than me in the deadlift and bench press and squat. I'm way mm-hmm. stronger than you when it comes to relative strength in climbing ropes. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. There's awesome. different types of certain limiters. Absolutely. There's relative or, you know, and, and I think a lot of people get too um, hung up on one or the other. Right. I mean, if you mm-hmm. look at, I mean, I'm way, I'm way stronger than you know, a, a gymnastics guy, but when it comes to relative strength, I mean, he's going to kick my ass. You know, there's a reason why gymnasts are built the way they are. Um, and there's a reason why people are built the way they are to do certain things in certain sports. And I think there's no really, uh, there's no advantage to saying, oh, I'm, I'm stronger than this guy or I'm better than this guy. It, it really, you really need to have a, a more fun and a better appreciation for the way people are built and their, their structure, their anatomy, their, you know, skeletal muscle mass and morphology, their, um, you know, limb proportions to be able for them to do like certain things. I think it really just makes you appreciate sports more oh, and yeah. how everybody is just really different. Yeah. Well, well, so let me, all great points, but I want to make sure I, I clarify why I brought that up. Um, I brought it up in the context of we first need to, to define when we're talking to one another and interacting, what do we mean when we say words like strength, right? Everybody blames word function. Oh, it can mean everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I just gave you an example of how strength can mean anything to anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if I say, well, this person is pretty strong, well, in what context? Because strength is context yep. specific, right? So it, it, it so I'm just like I'm saying we pick these words, but right now strength is not the word that people like to pick on, right? Yeah. Um, core is and functional is, but strength is a is a buzzword too. So yeah. that's all I'm saying. We just need to clarify when I say, hey, I'm working on improving your strength, or, or I do this for strength. Well, it, it, you know, there's a general kind of sense of force production that we're talking about. Okay, that that makes sense. But but what do you mean? Because to me, you say this person is stronger than that person. My question to you, most people, if you're a power lifter, you're going to think in the three big lifts. Me, I'm going to ask you, in what? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, it goes back to the old that. I yeah. mean, strength and function is relative to what you have to do. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, we, uh, the best marathon runner in the world is going to be the worst freaking power lifter. Yeah. But the vice versa can be said. And and it's it's also a mutual respect thing. I mean, I think, and I think that comes with age, like, you know, I'm a fairly good powerlifter, but I can respect the gymnast, mm-hmm. and I can respect the Olympic lifter, and you know, even the freaking CrossFitter. You know, they all do different crap, and it's it's, but it's it's relative to their function. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's where I, that's my whole point with that is when we hear terms before we we argue. When I say we, I'm not talking about any of you guys or me. I mean just mean the general we in the fitness field. We'll go a lot further if we stop throwing our hands in the air and say I hate that word, and we just ask a simple question. To somebody when we hear it or any other word strength pat whatever what do you mean when you say fitness what do you mean yes. when you say functional what do you mean when you say core and when they say here's what I mean whether you agree with the, the way they're defining it or not at least you're not going to misrepresent what they are saying right so and then you can understand it better and we have better dialogue and discourse that way that's a big a big roadblock. People just want to argue before they try to understand. But that's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. in all aspects of uh, you know politics it's, and everything else. It's just like the you know you go to a big Olympic lifting competition. You know we brought up Tatiana earlier, and you might see some guy that's real big into GPP. And uh, you know I've overheard things like this. Like let's say she hits 420 pounds on a clean and jerk, which is freaking amazing. You know it's, it's a female just threw her 420 pounds overhead, and then she's huffing and puffing from that. Well, she's not very fit. What, what do you mean? You know, she's very, she fit just threw what? 420 pounds overhead. She's very fit for what she has to do. You know, no, she's not going to go run a marathon, but let me see you do what she just did. You know, so fitness is in context. And that's, that's the problem with these buzzwords like, like core. 
you know, it, it gets thrown out there, and then inevitably you get that polar backlash to it. So it's very black and white. It's like, okay, you've got core, it's amazing, and then you get the white group that's like, oh, it fucking sucks. It's like everything else. It's it's usually in the gray area. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you brought that up. You know, Nick, I know Phil, you're talking about it too. It's like people use these words, and then, Nick, you know, when you say, you know, like what, or and it's like everyone wants to bring up, you know, the what's, you know, but when you're asking why and how, they just, their face is just kind of priceless, right? <laughs> you know, they use the words without really any type of pure fundamental understanding or, any, or even the develop the development of their own type of context. Yeah, yeah well, it's funny you said that. It's a great point. And, um, and, and it's funny because that, in those, there's several words in the fitness field um, that have become you know, that people use them almost as this kind of like, um, it's an answer, but it's a non-answer. It's almost like they're, they're get out of jail free card. You know what I mean? You say, well, why do you do that? Well, it's for the anterior oblique system. Uh, okay. Well, how, and how is this exercise not, they just feel like that's an answer, but it's an, it's a non-answer. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, or it's for core. Well, it's functional. Well, that, why, for what, you know, like, so that's another thing with those, you know, again, it's, it's, we don't, it's not the words, it's just how we communicate, and, you know, so for us, my, my takeaway for this, for our listeners is, just ask people, what do you mean by that? You know, ask them questions, tell them to get a fine tune, and you don't have to argue with them about how they define it, just know, where are you coming from? I just want to misrepresent, I don't want to misrepresent your argument, whether I agree with your def, how you're defining something, or how you're using it. The important thing is, before, I always tell people, before you're going to try to debate somebody, you need to at least, or say that you disagree with them, you need to be able to at least restate their position back to them just as well as they could to you. Right, right. If you can't do that, you got no business saying, you got no business debating somebody, and you got no business saying that you disagree with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see that a lot online mm-hmm. now. And uh, I know uh, one person in particular, uh, you know, Nick, one of our other colleagues, and, uh, you know, a lot of times when he posts things on Facebook, there's just this one individual and, uh, I'm not going to say his name, <laughs> I'm not going to say his name, but, uh, I mean, he is just a, he's just a toolbox. And, um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's just, you know, you want to get up there, whether you disagree, you know, we all disagree with certain things, but, you know, we respect everybody, uh, their contributions and, you know, and you're right. If, if you disagree with someone, I mean, say why and say how, and, and if they're professional enough, then they're, they will, you know, respect your uh, opinion back in, in your position statement too. I mean, that's why we're all here, right? We're all learning. We all want to be great. And, um, you know, and, and it's just really important to, to, to take in consideration and, you know, getting on there and, and just being a troll, doesn't help anybody and it doesn't really help the field yeah well hey uh mike t nelson you're still there right yeah 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 what 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 happened between you and i a couple days ago you got a call from me and you know i uh mike this was a few what what was it two days ago my man yeah yeah i mean i i always have respect for you because i mean there's you know just like everyone in the industry we may not necessarily agree on everything and it's probably good that Everyone doesn't agree on everything because that'd be boring and lame and no one would learn anything. Um, but I had posted something and then you had uh, given me a call about it and we had a nice, you know, civil discussion about it. And, you know, some parts we agreed, some parts we disagreed. And it was fine. It's 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 really not that big of a deal. 
Um, but one thing I've learned is <clears throat> I don't usually, I may put something up online that's very uh, cursory or short because um, I, I don't have any problems stating sort of my thoughts, but I, I gave up kind of arguing with people online and people like yourself who have questions and want to call or have a further discussion. I think that's that's awesome. And we probably got more accomplished there than uh, having 15 other people in the discussion who just want to argue about something. And a lot of people online just want to prove that they're right. They don't really want to learn anything new. I think those two things are, are pretty different. Well, yeah, but the reason why I brought that up, all great points, the reason why I brought that up is the first thing I asked you is I said, what did you mean by what you said? You know, what did, what, what, yeah. you know, I you to expand. I didn't just go right in. Obviously, I called you because you posted something that you know, I told you. I said, ah, this doesn't make sense to me. And to me, I was, I'm like, I was surprised you posted it. But sure. I didn't just go at you and say, here's why you're wrong and blah, blah, blah. I wanted to make sure I knew exactly where you were coming from. I said, why did you, you know, please explain to me, you know, your experience, why you posted this. And he explained it, and of course, he's a smart guy, and he had a very rational, good explanation. Oh, okay, you know. So now I have a better idea. We can have a more informed, um, an informed chat, and you know. So, so you're right. It, but you know, we can talk all about the problems with, you know, Facebook. It's great for open. It's great for exposure, and and you know, it's it's very wide, but it's very shallow. As I as I think I heard Charles Staley say one time. Yeah, I just think it made those it. Not necessarily the problem with Facebook or social media, but it makes all those interactions easier without any sort of personal reference and that type of thing. Yeah. So people can get away with sort of saying things online that they probably can't get away with saying in person. So you get, obviously, different flows of conversation because of that. Yeah, and also when you're in a position that we are where you put yourself out there like you guys are, who I'm you know, doing the podcast here myself, and you know it's... You know, people try to make you their personal sounding board because oh, the, ice, the ice is colder that way. You know, and hey, that's that comes with the territory. You know, but you, you know, you don't if you you don't give it credence. That's all, like you said. You know, so. Okay, uh, we are about out of time, and um, great show. And thank you for Nick for coming on. And yeah, thanks, uh, Nick. We definitely have to have you back um, sometime uh, in the future. Just. Uh, great person, um, great guy to get to know. Um, he, he definitely contributes and give it, gives it his all in the field. And it's kind of like us, right? I mean, we're just we're all or none people. We don't do things half-assed. You know, we just go through it, you know, full ass, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, full ass. Yeah. <laughs> I have a bad uh, mental picture. No skim milk, one full fat milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it was great. Uh, thanks for coming on. And, um We will um, talk to you guys and see you next week. Thanks, guys. Hey, listeners. Have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry. And they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store, uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. 
There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.